0: Welcome to the Bureau Briefing. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. They are amazing. Thank you to MailChimp. If you need a marketing platform, MailChimp is so much more than just email. They help you with Facebook ads, with Google ads. You just got to check them out. And the way that you can slice and dice the campaigns, it's beautiful. 10,000 feet. You know, if you need insights into your projects and your people, 10,000 feet is the resourcing tool that can help you with that. And also gather content. Content is always the thing that drags every project down, but when you use Gather Content, you can get a handle on it. And now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to The Bureau Briefing, a podcast by The Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring
1: things. Now for your host, Carl Smith.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to The Bureau Briefing. Today, we have a friend of mine from Portland, Maine, who happens to be the president of Ibeck Creative, which she founded about 12 years ago it's Becky McKinnell. Welcome to the show, Becky.
1: Hi, Carl. Thanks for having me. And thanks for calling me a friend, too. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Well, you are a friend.
1: That's what it feels like.
0: Well, and you're a great part of the community. And you know, I want you to get a chance to share with everybody a little bit of your backstory, how you launched iBet Creative, get everybody up to speed. And then I've got something I really want to dive into that that I've been curious about. So, let's go ahead and get started though. So, talk about starting iBet Creative back in 2006.
1: Yeah, so I started iBet the day that I graduated college in 2006, and I was a naive young businesswoman, but I had this blind confidence that somehow I could start a web company. So, my senior year I wrote a business plan for a graphic and web design firm that would focus on helping doctors create beautiful websites where their patients could learn about them and connect with their doctor. And so I started cold calling doctor's offices right after graduating. And I was hung up on and rejected. <laughs> and it was so painful. It was horrible. I just, I I felt so passionate about the cause. And, you know, I figured like, oh, the doctors, they Like have plenty of money to spend on their websites, but I just, I didn't have the sales experience, and um, you know, I wasn't. Doctors didn't want to buy what I had to sell, so I had to reformat my business plan. And meanwhile, while I was cold calling all these doctors' offices, a lot of small businesses around Maine knew that I could help with their websites and branding, so I started taking on those clients and. One client led to another client, and then I needed to start to hire people, and it became really awkward to say my original company was called MIDI Creative. so it was <laughs> an awkward sales process to try to explain to small businesses that I could still help them with their websites. And right. Yeah, so I rebranded as IBAC, and then um, just have continued to grow from there. We've got 15 employees today and we specialize in helping manufacturers and retailers with their e-commerce websites and strategy
0: well and you're in Portland Maine mm-hmm. so what's the market like there or, or I mean how, how far out do your clients go now
1: I would say you know most of our clients are in northern New England a lot of our business is word of mouth and um, it's something that I'm really actively working on changing to expand our geographic presence, I think that IBAC has been able to grow, especially, you know, through a lot of economic downturn, because we have been Mm -hmm. a really affordable solution for small businesses. And I think that has helped us. But, you know, a few years ago, we realized that that's not going to get us to where we want to be as a company. So there are plenty of, you know, brands in Maine that are awesome that you know, is where our future business is. Um, but big picture um, to work with the companies that are our dream clients, we need to be beyond main.
0: Right. When I think a lot of companies, especially you're living on word of mouth and, and I think all great companies, maybe all companies, regardless of if they're great or not, that it's a huge part of their business. And one of the things that you had shared at a, at a previous camp, it might've been at BizDev camp, um, but was this idea that, that you were doing of moving from clients to members and, and having a membership model where people are members, I think of IBEC. So this just blows my mind. I mean, I, I, I think about product companies with members. I think about the bureau as a community and, and considering people members. When you're selling a service, and, and I know that you do web design and digital marketing, app development, a lot of e Um How does that happen? How do you make the transition?
1: Well, it took a few years to fully transition from project and hourly work to our membership model. Um, before we started membership, we would write these 60 page plus documents that we called detailed project requirements. And it was like the most painful document to write. And oh. I felt like it just created so much tension with us and the client because we felt like we had to make sure we had to have every single bullet point in there because if some spec was lost, then you know it would be a gray area and would probably have to write it off and Clients didn't understand half of the terminology and language in the detailed project requirements. And it just felt like um, we weren't playing on the same team. And so it was really bothering me. And I felt like it really prevented me from giving my team the authority to give great service and be yes people. Like, I feel like I've grown the business by being a yes person and like, you know, trying to find every opportunity to make things work and make clients really happy. And I felt like when it came down to fixed cost that um, it just, it created a divide between us and our clients. So I went to my right. first owner summit. This is my owner summit plug for all of your listeners that haven't been yet. Um, I went there in 2016 and Blair ends gave this, talk that just totally changed the way I was thinking about our client relationships and um, he talked about Blairtopia, where you would like have 10 <laughs> clients and you'd have a one-page proposal and um, all of your clients would be in the same industry and um, you'd be doing such an amazing job for them and like you know the world would be beautiful and So I just, you know, got me thinking outside the box. And so I came back to my team um, a couple weeks later after the conference and I presented Ibectopia, (laughs) where there's a world with no change orders and, you know, we bill at the beginning of the month via credit card and we can say yes to everything as long as we reprioritize our to-do list and got the team on board. and then started um, testing out the idea with our clients and um, converting our existing clients onto the membership model, which is a flat monthly fee that they pay IBEC that gives them a dedicated access to a designer, developer, and digital marketer. And there is flexible scope. So there's nothing that is out of scope. It's more just what is going to be reprioritized to fit that in scope, if that makes sense.
0: Well, yeah. And they had to love it too because those 60 page documents weren't fun for them.
1: Yeah. And it it was just like, it was so freeing to get rid of that document. Um, I don't think anyone liked it. It was never fun to write them, and clients didn't like them. And, you know, membership, it isn't easy to sell. Like, it requires a lot of trust for people to, especially when, you know, they're trained to have, um, you know, well, where's my proposal with all of the detailed specs of what I'm going to get. And it's like, well, we're going to figure that out as we go. And, you know, it takes a lot of trust to be able to say yes to that type of relationship at the same time.
0: Well, and obviously you would establish that trust. And and so this was 2016. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So also right around when you turned 10.
1: Yeah, that's right. I didn't even think about it like that.
0: So it's a it's a a wonderful time to to kind of look back at all the stuff that you had done that you didn't like, the stuff that you did like, and then you you go to this. And I have to tell you, Blair, yeah, you know, I don't think he's going to have a problem with iBectopia. I, I think that's fine. But <laughs> well, he, <it's>
1: just internal. <laughs>
0: he signed a, he signed an email to me yesterday, Blairtopia forever. It <laughs> was just like, dream on, loser. I'm <laughs> not one of your fanboys. But, it, but it's funny. He does have a way of, of shifting your mindset. And it's amazing to hear that that was an Owner Summit revelation for you. Um,
1: so yeah, he's speaking at the next one. So it's going to be yeah. like a new evolution. It's going to be great. He's coming
0: back. Yeah, with the next Owner Summit being our five-year, we wanted to kind of reach back to the most influential and also – uh, I guess I would say polarizing figures because and, and God love Blair for everybody that loves him there's somebody that just rolls their eyes like really? Really?
1: Absolutely because I can see the argument for hourly work and it, there's an element of transparency in both hourly work and in our world membership which are aligned so I, I, I can totally see both sides of the coin well, not. But,
0: but your story and other stories I've heard of people who came out of there, I th- it, that's the thing. There's not a right or a wrong. It's in the context of who you are and what you're trying to build. Yeah. And so for IBEC, this obviously worked. Now, that was two years ago that, that you implemented, started to move. What's it like today?
1: So today we have um, probably about 80% of our business is membership, um, all new clients that come to work with IVEC, when we meet with them, we put together um, a presentation with three levels of membership and each has kind of like a rough idea, the velocity of what we can accomplish for them and, you know, a a rough scope, but there isn't, you know, a, a detailed line item list with pricing. It's just a flat monthly fee that our clients pay us. And some clients, um, have memberships that change with seasonality so they might be a tourism company and so they mm-hmm. have a higher membership in the summer or you know with q4 with e-commerce is a really busy time so um, memberships often go up in q3 and q4 and then maybe will slow down um, in q1 and q2 so we really you know, just are constantly having a conversation with our clients to make sure that the membership that we're offering for them is meeting their needs, and um, you know, just trying to like, ha- I feel like it really gives us the permission to be customer service first.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally see that. What has the impact been on your team?
1: The team loves it. Um, I think that it allows us to be more creative. And um, one of the things that in addition to membership that we really have pushed for um, in the past couple of years is um, continuing to think about how we can do things leaner and be more agile. So instead of um, creating the most beautiful, perfect website and launching it, how can we launch an MVP faster and then make iterations based on data after the website launches. And so that kind of alignment of a continuous monthly relationship when we're going to be making iterative changes really matches well with membership where you know we're we're consistently tweaking rather than like working really hard on perfection and then launching and not having any budget left to make changes.
0: Right. And that's got to be great for clients as well, because they understand if, if they're comparing you with another opportunity, another shop, and that shop says, well, in, you know, five and a half months after you've given us a lot of money, we'll give you the thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Whereas you're saying, let's start this monthly relationship. Accounting's going to love it at the client. They know exactly what to expect when. And we're going to get the best thing we can up for you quickly. And then we're going to keep making it better. That's such a better business case for your client as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it. In any like personal experience I can think of, with whether it's a construction project or whatever it may be, like I always I, I prefer having that flexibility rather than trying to uh, be, rather than being stuck with decisions that I made when I was uninformed about what the future would be like. So I think it just makes it like whenever we have a problem where, you know, some things pop up unexpectedly in a website build, like it's us and the client that's working together to figure out how to best solve this problem, how to do it leanly. And if something that was used to be a big priority previously, but no longer is, we can just swap out the priorities and everyone is still continue, continuing to be happily working on the site.
0: What kind of pushback did you get? Did you have any clients who said, nah, we don't want to do that?
1: Um, yeah. So a lot of times um, we get the pushback, like, well, how am I going to know what you're doing? Or like, how am I going to, <laughs> like what happens if um, one developer is really slow and one developer is really fast? So how do I know that? not getting like the slow developer or, you know, just like concerns about the transparency. And like, I, I reassure our clients that they're going to know every step in the process when a decision has been made. And they're going to know, at least every week, what we're working on what's been accomplished. And, you know, we're essentially like an employee for your company. So just as often as you would talk to your employee about what's going on, it's the same thing with IBEC. And, you know, we're going to be exchanging emails back and forth for the status of things. And, you know, just like if a client were unhappy with an hourly project or a budgeted work project, you know, we're going to solve it the same way with membership and have a collaborative discussion and problem solve it together.
0: Well, and if a client doesn't trust you, it doesn't matter what form of work you yeah,
1: doing. yeah exactly
0: they're just not going to trust you
1: yeah it's such a key part of a great relationship is having that trust and um being able to yeah. have difficult conversations when you need to have them because like every client relationship will have at least one difficult conversation and i think that that really proves that if you can have a tough conversation then and things still go well that um you know you're on the right track for a successful long-term relationship.
0: So for people who would look at membership and say, isn't that just a retainer? Like, what would you say are the differences in in the way that you approach membership versus how somebody may approach a retainer?
1: Well, I would say that, um, with membership are, um, you you can't like bank hours or save hours or like, it's not something that like, it is what it is. It's $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month. And it's, not something that you can like borrow from other months. Um it's not completely divorced from hours and this is something that I would love to be able to get to in the future. Um we don't provide detailed hourly reporting for clients, but we do keep okay. detailed time on how we work on a client. So we still do time tracking and we still use our time tracking for forecasting so that we can make sure that each of our teams are at capacity. So I haven't gotten to that like perfect point yet where it's not tied to hours, but I feel like for the path for me to get there is to work on the larger membership levels require less of the detailed time tracking. And I think that I could get to the point where I had a few teams working on a few clients and those teams were just booked solid with those clients and they didn't have any small pop-up tasks from other clients or other small memberships that they had to work in. If they're just like completely devoted to that client, I think um, I could get rid of the time tracking and hours.
0: So you said roughly 80% are members right now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How has that changed the internal structure of the organization. I know you were on an owner roll call recently and, and we were going through looking at it. Um, has the membership model played a, a strong part in deciding how you organize
1: yeah, the, the company? that's a great point. So it hasn't necessarily changed our org chart, but in terms of how work gets done, we have two teams and each team has their own members. So it's really nice because. It's almost like we have two companies within a company, um, Mm -hmm. but we're still sharing expertise. So it makes it easier for um, the teams because they don't have to go talk with three different developers for three different projects that they're working on for three different clients. Instead, within the teams, they're all on the same page for what the client's goals are. And they've got a smaller number of kind of communication paths when they need something rather than before when we move to this model like you might be a designer and working with six different developers um, who don't know what each other's working on but since we're we have the membership model and we have the dedicated teams um, our clients really get to know who's working on their website and their marketing and then the teams really get to know the client and then within the teams, they're able to kind of self-organize and um, be able to change like any workflows or like if one client has an emergency, how it's going to affect the other clients. They can just solve those problems together rather than having it be a whole web of conversations (laughs) within the company.
0: Without a chaotic stop. Let's see what's going on. How are we going to make this happen? Uh, and and also that that feeling of ownership that that team must have, knowing that that member is part of their group, yes. right? Versus somebody handed us a folder and we've got to do the thing that's yes. in the folder. And
1: the teams involved in the whole sales process—they meet the client even before they're officially a member and are you know part of that whole conversation of figuring out how we can best help that client. I
0: think the biggest question that comes out of this for me, having been an owner, having been a founder, running a company for over a decade, how has it impacted you personally?
1: I really like it, that it makes us different. And I—it's nothing makes me more happy when people say like, oh, I haven't heard of this before. I haven't seen this type of relationship before. And I think it's so important to be innovative and finding ways that are non-traditional and are client focused. And I just feel like that this model is going to become more common, like not just in digital and web, but I think for a lot of professional services firms, um, having the membership model makes a ton of sense. And I'm happy that we're kind of early adopters of this new type of relationship.
0: Well, I'm happy that you are too. And I think you're showing an example of taking a chance that makes sense and having it be successful. So congratulations, Becky. I'm really happy for you.
1: Thanks, Carl. And thanks for helping continuously spark new ideas for me with all that you're doing with the Bureau.
0: I appreciate it. And everybody listening, thank you so much. We'll be back again next week. All the best.